The Superman, Aquaman, Power of Adventure. Superman, Aquaman, all the super, super heroes. They always fight for what is right. Live with danger and adventure, they are men of might. Superman, the man of steel, performs super deeds with ease. Aquaman, the bold and daring, king of the seven seas. And here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 63 of the Sith list. I am your host, Araj Dolachahi, and my two co-pilots for this evening's crazy, wonderful, splendid adventure. The young, the restless, Carlos Buarguayo. And the man that we call less is more crunch crunches. Gonzalez? See, we don't know what we're doing, but it's uh, it's working every week. But I'd like to, everybody to know I got into the theme of Halloween, and it's Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman, Gonzalez. That's right. Dude. All right, dude. And also... <laughs> I don't, I know. His face, he is so proud of himself okay. right now. I have no idea why I'm so proud <laughs> of him. Headless that, Horseman, <laughs> Gonzalez. I saw everybody doing it, dude. It's like Everybody's okay. doing these little themes yeah, or something? Like the hollow, yeah. Okay, everybody's I gotta, got I gotta like, do it, too. Macabre um, kind and, of thing going And on. also with us this evening... The one and only Coco Dolachahi. That's right. Our dog is laying down, staring at us. She is uh, just chilling with us this evening's podcast. So, Coco. <laughs> and for everybody, Coco is doing much better. She had surgery. She's recovering. She still has a limp. Uh, and she still has to do rehab and can't do really much for six more months. But other than that, she's doing fantastic. She's back to smiling and being her crazy self. Mm-hmm. So, that is that. And then also... I'm not going to get into this too crazy because I didn't want to even put this out there in the first place. But for everybody that helped out and supported us during this whole thing Mm -hmm. with Coco, I just want to give a huge thank you and shout out to all of you. You guys are the best. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. And I can't say how much we really, really, really appreciate it. Our, our, my intent was not for that to go to you guys at all. I'm just going to leave it at that. But thank you, thank you, thank you. And you are amazing. Now, let's get into the shenanigans. You can find us on Instagram, The Sithless. You can catch us on Twitter, at The Sithless. Boo. At The Sithless, boo. And Headless Horseman. <laughs> Less is more 78. I like and, that. And you can find us on Facebook, at Symbol The Sithless Podcast. We have a hotline. We have a couple of hotline messages this week, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And then I found out that you can text the hotline number. 
Huh. Yeah. I just text myself just for shits and giggles. <laughs> and I got an email response back. So if you want to text us something, mm-hmm. please feel free. Shoot it. Our hotline is not only a voicemail hotline, a text message hotline as well. Very so cool. that is fantastic. Our stuff is on T Public. Catch us there. Just put in the SIP list. And that's all a go. And a big thank you to Andrew and his wife, Stephanie, who treated us to go to a music festival in Arizona, just out of the whim. They mm-hmm. surprised us with tickets and they drove us to Phoenix, Arizona, which was fantastic. So Boo was actually babysitting our baby here, Coco. Mm-hmm. And like a little investigator, Lorena, my wife, comes into the house and like starts sniffing around. She goes, Boo had people here. <laughs> and I go, I go, and I go, hold on. And I haven't even talked to Boo about this. And I go, what do you mean? She's like, I know I could tell Boo had people here. I'm like, so? She's like, yeah, I don't care, but I know he had people here. <laughs> so she started investigating some more, and it seems like Boo had a little soiree at our house. And Les, I told Les the story before and Boo I'm got here. I'm not snitching, dude. No, no, no. no. Les didn't I'm snitch. Telling the truth. Les just looked at me and goes, hey, were you guys playing rock band in Arizona? Because I saw that your na- user tag was was playing your rock gamer band. gamer tag was on, and I'm like, wow. How I said, can you be in two places at once? So good for you, Boo. Mm. I am very happy that you had people uh, over we're here. Good, yeah. <laughs> Use our house as a party house anytime you want. Yeah. So that's cool. Do you have fun? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a very you, good time. You played rock band? Yes. What was this, the song of choice that you went to? Oh, we actually played a bunch. I actually sang, and I'd never sing. Nice. Uh, they uh, unlocked an achievement. Dude. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> what? I, I, I unlocked my own achievement because uh, um, myself and Van Morrison are yeah. like this, because that's the only motherfucker I can match. Brown Eye Girl? Yes, exactly. Nice. Yeah, because everything else, I'm either I can't go low enough or I can't go high enough. That's like I suck at every song except for Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway decent at Pearl Jam. Les is pretty good at every song. Yeah, no, He's yeah, got Les, a smooth voice. Les, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Les I can, can do it. it. Yeah, I can't sing to save my fucking life. Yeah, that's cool. You guys had a blast. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad. We had a good time. Les, how was your weekend? <laughs> I'm. Did you come to the party too? <laughs> no, I wasn't invited. I was kind of upset. Well, that's but it's okay. Up, no, there's oh, there's that's an explanation to that. There's yeah. no explanation needed. It's all good. Yeah. Explain, yourself, yeah. Explain yourself, Boo. Explain yourself, Okay, Okay, so what is it? So uh, last weekend I had made plans to uh, go to Vive. If you guys know what Vive is, it's a club in Pomona. <laughs> you went to Vive? No, no, no. no. Okay, Let me explain. Okay, I'm not okay. done yet. So okay. we, so uh, that was the plan. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the parties involved, their significant other... Uh, had a allergic reaction and had to go to the emergency room. Oh shit! And that was the main person we were going to Vive for. Oh, birthday? Yes. Okay. Well, no, no, no. Because she, uh, she said that she had wanted had wanted to go there and she had uh, known about the place. We we're like, yeah, sure, we'll go. Once uh, she bailed, the rest of my friends, you know, the 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 two Joey's and Johnny, yeah, we didn't want to go, so we just stayed here and drank beer and and played rock band and nice. had pizza. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, good so it was you. a blast. Yeah, that's cool. It's better than Vive. Yeah. Trust. Vive is, if uh, if you haven't heard of Vive, Vive is a club in downtown Pomona that you have to spend about $18 to get a drink Mm -hmm. and um, you have to dress up pretty nice to get in. Yeah. And what sucks about it is it's in Pomona. That does suck. That's the problem. We're not. You're paying we're Vegas not dissing, Hollywood we're not, prices in Pomona. Play, yeah, exactly. In Pomona. Not, you're pay, not dog in Pomona, but yeah. yeah you're paying wide. Vegas prices yes. for Pomona. Yeah, that's true. You do that in Hollywood. Just go all the way to downtown. P-Town right there. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Can't go wrong thing. with P-Town. So, okay. So, you guys had a great great uh, weekend. So, yeah. yeah. So, the Arizona. What a cool city Phoenix is, man. You stayed at a hotel that was right next to Chase Field. 
mm. which is the baseball stadium. I went with Dodgers. It's a little fans. empty right now, right? They wanted to go urinate on the field, on the on stadium. So I, did you guys go swimming in the pool? No, I couldn't oh. let that happen. <laughs> Not that I, I like the Diamondbacks. I could give a shit, but um, I, I didn't want to go to jail, <laughs> so that didn't happen. But uh, cheap beers. Mm. Cheap alcohol, mm. great little festival. It was called the Lost Lake Festival. It was their very first one and has potential. The Killers uh-huh. were there. Chance the Rapper was there. The Roots, Juanes, hmm. and Big Gigantic. And it was a pretty good, pretty good. Not to have Pixies. So thank you again, Andrew and Stephanie and Bert and Caesar. Bless your hearts. They listen to the Sith List. And also, thank you to Batman, the Lyft driver, who... Gave us a lift everywhere, and he took our Sith List podcast down, and he subscribed right in front of me, and he was so excited that he said he was going to listen to it all weekend. That's awesome. So shout out to Batman, the Lyft driver, who was a badass, and he wore Batman gear, and his whole car was all Batman down. I was about to say, do you have the That's Batmobile? Damn That's awesome. Yeah, it was sick. awesome. He was That's a cool pretty dude. sick. So thank you, Batman. We really appreciate it. All right, let's get into some geekdom. Now, the box office. What do you guys, do you guys, any, any idea what was out? No, Boom. no clue. So, Medea Halloween Part 2 mm. made $21.65 million. Huh. $21,650,000. And that was number one. Geostorm with Gerard Butler, whose career is going downhill every single day, made $13.3 million. Ouch. And then Happy Death Day came in with number three at $9 million, $9.375 million. So there you have it. Is, is Gerard Butler just mailing it in or what's he doing? I, you know, that's a story. That's a crazy story because I don't know what happened to that guy. That guy started off like a champ. Yeah, gangbusters. And he had everything in front of him and then he just went to shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. The movie looked good, but it looked stupid. It's one of those disaster movies. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. The cool part was the plane falling down. I thought yeah, that was really yeah. cool. But there you have the box office. And by the way, the snowman oh, has been shit on. Yeah. <laughs> like literally critics have been shitting on the snowman and it looks so good. Oh, the man. trailer wise. Oh. It's got 13% on Rotten Tomato. Oh. Yeah. And they're saying that it was an unbelievable novel and they just fucked it up. That's completely. awful. Great cast. Mm-hmm. Poor choice of writing and directing. Mm. Well, that's not. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Because mm. this could have been just like a girl with a dragon tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Which they're rebooting. Rebooting or no sequel? Sorry, they're they're making the third one or the second one. The second one yes. with a different actress. Oh, they, didn't, they didn't even ask Mara. Really? Yeah, what? Rooney Mara. Is she that did, her? Yeah, she, she did a good job. Yeah, I thought she did great. They didn't even ask her. She was very disappointed. Hmm. That's upsetting. It is. It is. Well, she should always get work because she's NFL royalty. She is <laughs> NFL royalty by the Giants and Steelers. Right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> she's actually named after the owner's name. Yeah, Rooney Mara. The Mara's on the Giants and the Rooney's on the Steelers. Very cool. Ah. There you have it. That is your sports for this evening. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so do you guys remember the Todd McFarlane movie back in 1997 called Spawn? Yep, of course. Do you remember the comic called Spawn? Yes. Mm -hmm. Les, what do you remember about Spawn? Let's talk a little Spawn. Uh, The idea was that he was like an elite mercenary assassin who got murdered, set up and murdered to become the leader of the devil's army. Boo, you remember this? I remember the movie. What is it? The the movie was my first interaction with Spawn. And then later I read some of the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the, the movie and I remember the comic. And I remember that because of Spawn, 
Todd McFarlane and toys and detail toys became yes. a huge, huge thing. Huge thing. And spawns spawned it. Yes, spawn <laughs> is spawned an in industry. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Well, they are remaking or rebooting. We don't really know exactly because there's different people saying different things. There's an article on comicbook.com. There is a movie coming out, a spawn movie. Okay. They're in the works right now. We don't know if it's an origin story, but Todd McFarlane had a quote about it. They asked him, "Is this what is this thing going to be about?" And he said, "I always come back to Jaws. Not that I have a shark in Spawn. The shark was enormous. And at any time in the movie, did they tell me why the shark was so damn big? No. Did it matter to me? No. All that mattered was that it was big and in, in the same vicinity as humans. Or John Carpenter's The Thing. Where do the aliens come from? I don't know. What was its reason for taking over bodies? I don't know." It just was. Just give me a compelling story, scare the shit out of me from the time to time, and I'm all along for the ride. He is saying you don't always have to go back and do an origin story. So I don't think Spawn is going to be an origin story. I think that they're going to just have Spawn be Spawn, and they're going to go from there. If what I'm reading, I'm computing in my head the right way. Right. And I think that's a cool thing. You don't mm -hmm. always have to have an origin story. What's going to happen is Spawn's going to start kicking ass. It's going to, they're going to make three movies, and they're going to do an origin story for the fourth one. <laughs> yes, it'll be a prequel. It'll take you down there. Do you yeah. guys uh, – go with you last first. Do you guys think that this is a good idea, not just the origin part of it, or bringing back Spawn? Yeah, I, I think it's always a good idea. What it is is this. Sometimes they barely scratch the surface on a lot of things. So for Spawn, there's so many characters and so many different uh, enemies and interactions they can bring. So I know they brought out the Violator, and then they had him go against uh, Jason Wynn. Didn't we mm -hmm. have a friend a yeah. while back? Called the, his nickname was the Violator. Yes, we have a friend, he, and he's a listener now. How you doing? Okay, you know it's a we won't say we his know name. who you are. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, uh, that means they can bring other characters. It's about expanding the universe. You know, bringing other elements to the story. So I'm all for sequels. Re, I don't know about revisiting or anything, but that stuff ha can happen if they're going to expand. If all these things are going to push things and further expand stuff, then I guess you can do it. Some cases, you, I mean, we've said in the past, we see something, we go, okay, this isn't going to work, or this may not work out because they're not advancing something or they're positing something else. But ultimately, we just have to wait and see. Spawn is a really cool character, and the premise is a really cool thing, too. So. And do you think technology... And, and graphics now can just make this thing just like over the top. Yes. What do you think, Boop? Yeah, I, well, piggybacking off of your point, I think that's going to be a real big thing is, especially with the way that he's talking about just creating a Spawn movie. No real origin or anything like that. You just have Spawn. I think that's really going to help build the separation between the two movies because they're going to look so drastically different. Well, this one's going to look, you know, 10 times better than the old one, which I think will push that idea of just having a, look, it's Spawn enjoy it kind of thing. I think it's a interesting take and I think it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a, if they do it the right way, I think it's going it could be huge. Mm -hmm. Has to be rated R though. Yeah, oh, I definitely. And I think right. this definitely will because Spawn can only go into rated R territory. Um you know, but you know, the the fear with making franchises these days is that people want to make money out of it. So if it's PG-13, you have a chance to make more money. I hope they know what they're dealing with, what they have and the ability to make it. They do it correctly. Well, I think with Deadpool now and Logan, mm -hmm. they see that you can have success. And th I think Spawn's that type of genre and that demographics. Mm -hmm. If you make an R movie and you do it right, I think it, it could be huge. There it is. Spawn. Todd McFarlane doing his thing. 
They Spawn's still making comics. They're on Image, right? Yes. And they're are they still reproducing yeah. new stories? Yeah, there's there's oh, still stories. Cool. That's very cool. Uh there's been crossovers through the years too, so Spawn and Batman have obviously <laughs> crossed paths. Is that right? Yes. Oh, that's rad. Okay. So there's there's yeah, it's still out there. A lot of a lot of these uh movies that are based on graphic novels, the the material is still there. So they're still always still producing for the most part. Unless it's Fantastic Four, which Disney Marvel said we're done with this. Yeah, and they've so just I heard basically about that. vaulted it. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah. And I saw that I was at Andrew's house and he had a comic that he got. And he said, This is the very last issue. And it's a Kirkman comic and it's a superhero story. And I, I don't know if it's called Enormous or Gigantic, something like that. Mm. And he said, This is the very last issue of it. And, but it's a image superhero story. So I got to find out exactly what that is. Uh, some of our listeners, I'm sure, know, especially the fans of Image. I heard it's a great run, and they've they've stopped it for whatever reason. But I could it be thought Kirkman could doing it be superhero invincible? would be kind of cool. Invincible, that's it. Okay, that's it. Invincible. Yeah. So they've stopped. He's got like a lightning bolt on his chest. I think so. Yeah. They've stopped the run. This is the, the last issue just came out last week, mm-hmm. and I was thinking Kirkman doing superhero would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Is it pretty? Have you have you seen any of it? Is it pretty graphic? Um, I I've seen enough. I I don't know much about Invincible. Okay. I do. I've seen a lot of the like images and stuff like that, but I've never. There's just plenty of comic books out there where I've <laughs> never like read pages, but I've seen, you know, and I know, and people will tell me, "Hey, oh yeah, that's so and you know, that's Hyperion or yeah. Youngblood or Brigade or there's Savage Dragon." And you're like, "Okay," or the Pit. I could name tons and tons of these people, but yeah, yeah I've never really. An image read has any really books. cool, unique, different comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, so Dean from Australia always talks about The Surgeon, I think it's called. And it's an image comic. And mm-hmm. It has to do with The Surgeon, who it's like a really good storyline. I, I want to look into that one um, because he raves about it. I believe right. it's called Surgeon. I hope I'm not fucking it up. <laughs> All right. Continuing with the random schmeels. Remember last week I talked about Mindhunter on Netflix? Mm-hmm. And this thing has been getting so much press. It's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of the most trending uh, series on Netflix right now. It's Killing it. And I watched the first four episodes. Love the series so far. Very David Fincher. He directs the first four episodes, I believe. And you can see it right off the bat. It's a little slow in the beginning, but if you stick with it, episodes three and four are awesome. And it's all about the emergence of the FBI learning about psychological analysis and what goes on in serial killers' heads and trying to stop them before the next one comes about and mm-hmm. they don't even have the serial killer label out there. It's not even a word. Hmm. So they're just, they're, they're finally getting funded to do things um, in the psychological world, profiling people. Mm-hmm. So to go deeper than just saying this guy's an evil person and he just kills people. Right. He's just fucking evil. He's yeah. You're the just, devil. A, yeah. You're just a terrible person. Right. Yeah. They back okay. then before this, and then this is Charlie Manson, son of Sam time, right? Yeah. Son of Sam killed a bunch of people and then said his dog told him to do it. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. They're trying to figure out what happened in this guy's life in, that made him do these things. Mm. That had never occurred to anybody before. It was just, it's crazy. So this show is all about that. Mm. And it's very interesting. And Neil from Chicago pretty much, I think, wants to talk about it. So let's hear what Neil from Chicago has to say. Hey, Raj, Boo, and Les. It's uh, your boy Neil from Chicago. Um, I know I left the call earlier this week, but this one is actually bit more important um 
So I've been watching Mindhunters based on you guys talking about it, and I gotta say the show is freaking phenomenal. Um, I can't recommend it enough for anyone else that listens to the podcast. Um, it's smart. It's got a lot of emotional depth to it. And you watch this idea that this one man has just actually form into what is the basis of, you know, the FBI and everyone else catching serial killers today. I mean, it's, it's really quite remarkable to watch it bloom into an actual, like, research project for them and they get funding and they involve academia. And it's, it really is quite amazing. Um, not only them talking to the serial killers, but just watching what it actually took to get this started. So if I can't say it enough, please watch it. At least give it two or three episodes. By the fourth, I was hooked. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Give it a shot. Thank you for recommending it. And, uh, again, thanks for the guys. Talk, talk to you later. All right, Neil. You know what? Is it pretty much exactly what I said, Neil? Yeah. And I'm so glad that you liked it because I recommended it before even watching it because people were just throwing it out there to me. So I, I 100% agree with your all your assessment there. Uh, it's just it's a really good watch. I can't wait to watch the rest of the episodes. It's really, really – the one word I would use is fascinating. Mm. And it when they speak to the serial killers, it's super creepy. I mean the serial killers that they have and interviewing – Oh man! No, this is based on real events. It, it is based on uh, real events, mm. and then this basically is the evolution of the FBI from just taking down gangsters to becoming the force that they are today, where they can do white collar psychological right. uh, psychiatric evaluations and then all kinds of infiltration. Yeah, so and, just- and the, you'll, you get the gist in the first couple of episodes that they were very against the academia side of things. They still just wanted them to be cops. They wanted them to be cops. They wanted them to shoot Mm -hmm. first. Hostage negotiations. That's a big Mm -hmm. part of the first couple episodes. First scene of the entire series is you literally, quote unquote, will blow your mind. Quote unquote. Neil Neil will know what I'm talking about. That's what it's based on. So I can't wait to continue it and watch it. You guys should definitely watch it. Just get through the first couple episodes. It's a lot of talking. And now I know why, because it sets it all up. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely I'm watch it. And David in. Fincher. It's the, mm-hmm. You can tell it's David Fincher by the first credit, because David Fincher is very much into credits. If you watch all of his movies, credits are a big part of yes. his movies and how he how he uses it as art and, and distractions. Definitely watch it, people. And I got to finish Westworld, guys. For yeah. I was, I was about to bring that up. Yeah. And I, I definitely have to, because I heard that the next season of Westworld is going to might be going into Rome. Yeah. Oh my yes God. And yes and, I, that and yes. Didn't e- I that didn't even. I wasn't even contemplating that they can go to anywhere. Giant, well, that's giant the concept from the the movie. Giant octopus monsters from yes. from the Michael Crichton movie. Yes, it's that's right. And the multiple worlds, mm-hmm. but the most popular one was Westworld. Yeah. And in this show, that's the case. They oh. show some things. Okay. And you go, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> they right? pull on your hair. Okay. Dude, so, yeah. Sure, oh, yes. yeah. So, what I'm saying right now, all the people that watched it are probably like, of course, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Just watch the show. Yes. All right. all right. Let's move on to something that I wanted to talk about. And we all saw it and we all loved it. It was fantastic. Halloween's coming up. But I read that there was a deleted scene. Hmm. And I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this. It's been over a month since it's hit the theaters. And at the same time, the movie was released. There's been a quite a bit rumblings about 
disturbing deleted scenes. <laughs> yeah. So during a recent podcast called Throwing Shade, one of the actors who tried out for the part of Pennywise, Timothy Simmons, was actually on and he explained when he auditioned, he had to read a scene about Pennywise eating a baby. Huh. Yeah. This is what he had to say. It was Pennywise way back at the beginning of Derry convincing the woman to give him her baby to eat. And it was really scary. The thing that was scariest about it was that it was very direct. It was, if you don't do this, these are the things that I'm going to do. And they were all terrible. She runs, she turns away from the baby, faces those dying embers. So I guess there's the fire. They keep on her face and they seem to be glowing brighter and brighter over her shoulder. Out of focus, Pennywise crawls over to the baby and starts to feast. Huh. Yeah. Sharp cry from the baby, cut off as we are hearing crunches. Oh, yeah. damn. Abigail continues to look into the bright orange glow. Her name was Abigail. Of not the flickering fire, but the deadlights. Huh. Her expression changing, fear, denial, grief, acceptance, and then nothing. Just a glazed look, as if nothing horrific is actually happening behind her. That's rough. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. Could they, <laughs> could they have got away with that? I would have loved to see him and Derry back in the day, like the colonial, whatever it was that we saw those pictures of. Like settlers' times, But eating possible. a baby? Yeah, that's, that's a bit much, and especially what we talked about last week. There's no real need for that. You, you, you know, and within the first, was it like 10 minutes, you see a kid lose his arm. And then that, that and then, was much. Yeah, that was much. And then, and then that same kid, you know, a form of that same child gets shot in the head with a, uh, oh, a, and drops dead with stone a, dead. And you look at him for a few seconds, not just like he drops and he's off camera. No, like, you like look at his life dead little body. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they did, they did, uh, walk the line. Yeah. Many times. Yeah, but, okay. Okay. They may. Let me play devil's advocate here. Yeah, they please. may have been able to get away with it because you don't see him munching on the baby. Ah, you hear the noises. You see her go from what you just described. She is being sucked in by the deadlights. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we should, as an audience, we should probably be going, oh, my goodness, he's eating the damn baby. Yeah. And then just going, look at her. Oh, my God. She's being mind wiped, like obliviated, like in Harry Potter or something. <laughs> I think they may have been able to pull it off. I can tell you one thing. It would have been fucking disturbing. That yeah. would have been horrible, though, for sure, because okay. we know what the premise is. It's not like yeah. he's saying, give me the candy bar or give no. me that Twinkie over there. It's like, give me your baby. <laughs> ah, that is The fact that the thing has to feed on children. Is just horrible, just so damn horrible. It's awful. as a premise. In that's why. That's why it works. Yeah, it does. that's yeah. why it's so terrifying. That's the true boogeyman right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think that's what Stephen King meant for it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's why Stephen King said the boogeyman. And that's why Stephen King said that he does not want to go back and write a sequel to the book because mm-hmm. Pennywise is one of the only characters as as terrified him writing. And for you to terrify Stephen King, that's pretty holy. Hell. Oh, you know, because you have to go to dark places because you're talking about murdering children yes because that's his victims his victims mm-hmm. aren't grown-ups it's one thing to take down a six foot four 270 pound jerk off but it's another thing to take an innocent little boy who's chasing his wax boat wax mm-hmm. paper boat down the, the gutter it's just two different things yeah so for people that haven't seen it please go watch it maybe you should go watch it on halloween yeah, yeah no. that'd be great. Maybe we should go watch do it again. A clown showing of it oh, God, no. on Halloween. Are they doing that? Or are you are saying, they going to do that? Oh, I don't know. They did it already. Remember? 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. All shit. right. So there is your random schmeals for the for the week. Not much, uh, but there you have it. Now let's talk a little Marvel. Black Panther came out, and a trailer, trailer came trailer. out. <laughs> I'm sorry, a Black Panther trailer came out. <laughs> right. And we want to play it. So here is the trailer number two to Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go, go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now determines what happens to the rest of the world. There is Black Panther trailer number two, and holy shit, Mm -hmm. it looks like a good time. What do you think? Boo, what do you think of this trailer number two? I liked it way better than trailer number one. Uh, I, I like trailer number one. This one is better. What is it? What I liked is that we get to see more of how uh, much further Wakanda is technology wise than the rest of the world, which is very cool to see. And then you get to see more of, I guess, the bad guy who is uh, Michael B. Jordan. You get more of, an, uh, of a sense that he is the bad guy, which is uh, nice to see. You mean Creed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how fucking big is he in this trailer? Huge. Damn. I heard he he's hasn't stopped working above. out the same regiment he did to get big for Creed. He's just he's found it like a hobby. He's like obsessed with working out like that. Oh. That's why he looks so fucking massive. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's he does. Huge. He looks like a football player, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> this is a skinny dude from yeah. Chronicle, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Shit. Uh, yeah, I think this is his revenge for being killed off in the wire. Spoilers. Oh yeah, that's right. Spoiler. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Boo. Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. And then, uh, you know, getting, getting more of Andy Serkis, actually seeing Andy Serkis and not him, you know, uh, uh, CGI wise is cool because the, the character of Claw that he is, is, uh, pretty cool. And then also one of the things that I liked seeing was Disney flexing their, their Disney muscles with that one scene where you see, uh, T'Challa and he, he looks like the Northern Lights, but it's purple. That's, that's reminiscent of in, uh, The Lion King. Yeah, when he sees the sky like that's that, right, that's I like right. that. I, I I like it when Marvel Disney does that. They did that in, in uh, Age of Ultron when they had the uh, Pinocchio song. And oh they yeah, used that. that's so right. Them that's right. them them using their own properties to mix stuff in. I kind of like yeah. it. It's kind of cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it looks really good. You start seeing more of Black Panther and what he can do, and his you know what his suit can do and shit like that. That's pretty awesome. So overall, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the movie. It looks really good. Yeah, I am too. I thought it looked really cool. I think you can see the influence that Blade Runner has, the original has on Wakanda. And I need to ask you, Les, Wakanda is, you said it's a hidden country, right? Or, it's or, cloaked. 
it's cloaked and it's faked that it's not as advanced because obviously they're part of like the United Nations. We yes, saw that so in last it's, Avengers it's one of those Civil like, War. It's just like one of those things, you know, where like a lot of countries probably do this now where there's all these different you have what people can see, like so if the drones fly over the US, they're gonna take pictures of whatever we have. But we have our own like underground facilities and all that kind of stuff. Just take this and like amplify that. <laughs> just augment it. So it's like, yeah, people will go on the surface, Wakanda looks like this, but well, how about if you want so to listen to it? I'm just thinking, how about if you want to go to Wakanda? You can't. You just can't go. You can't go. Okay. And no they'll ex- outsiders. They'll explain ever, all that. No mm-hmm. outsiders ever can go to Wakanda. Wakanda will come to you. If Ooh, you need like something mm-hmm. or if you are, uh, basically the way they operate, it's almost like Aquaman. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't come to us. We'll come to you. If we deem you important enough to interact with you, then we will come to you. It's as simple as that. So my book kind of don't, don't want none unless you got buns on. That's right. They don't yeah. want none at all. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. No matter what you got, buns, <laughs> guns, sons, whatever. Puns. All, yeah. What'd matter. you think about knowing the character, reading panels and seeing him in panels, reading comic books of Black Panther? What do you think about this? Well, what this I what I want to say is what I like is how these second and third tier characters from Marvel Comics, they're able to turn in take them and cinematically make make them bigger than what they are because black panther is not one of those characters that i mean only the most diehard of comic book fans and they may not even go that far because the the first black hero you're gonna probably think of from marvel comics is always going to be luke cage it's always going to be luke cage it's always going to be power man black panther can definitely have his place and i think that it's better it's I think this is a good thing. I think as in this day and age where we're asking for representation, where we're looking for diversity, this is only going to push the envelope even further. And we know that Johnny was talking about we have to have a a, a African American John Stewart, and obviously Black Panther, he's not American, but it's still going to be amazing for kids to be able to see mm-hmm. this movie. This first thing I noticed is that I was watching the trailers like this is so rad because. There's so many people of color doing some cool shit. Yes. Like even like just the scenes when they're in the city and stuff, everybody yes. is no, of color. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just going to be really cool for, for kids to see that, that a stud superhero can mm-hmm. be of African descent. Mm-hmm. Well, can be just a black man. Yeah. Or, or black people in general. And you know what? There, there's, there's other representation out there that I don't know if we'll ever get to see them on the screen, but. DC's got a Lebanese Green Lantern. Is that right? A Lebanese American. Simon Baz is a Lebanese American. Wow. Uh, and a Puerto Rican. Uh, Jennifer Cruz is Puerto Rican. That is uh, awesome. So Green Lantern's there too. Out of the norm. Um, Marvel Comics has a very, very, very polarizing character named America. And oh, I, is, I've heard of, it's, yes. She's, she's Hispanic. I'm not even going to go any further than that. Yes, no, but she's, she's Hispanic. Hispanic. Yeah. And she's basically like a super, like super Hulk woman yeah. who's also, if I'm not mistaken, she's also a lesbian. So, you know, she's, That's awesome. she covers the spectrum and, you know, I just don't think the world's ready for that, but they should be, if there's ever a time, they, sh- they should be ready. Yeah, for that. They should be damn ready for it. But black Panther. So we get wonder woman kicking ass. We get an Islander Aquaman. We're going to get uh black Panther. We get all these different versions and, and different reimaginings. Uh, Zazie Betts is going to be Domino. 
It's just these things are pushing forward and pushing things forward. Star Wars has their just vast, vast, diverse characters. Now, that's a great segue real quick. We're not going to talk Star Wars, but if you did go on Twitter on Friday, if you were on Twitter and you saw some of the Sith list tweets, you would have noticed that we had hashtag SW rep matters. Star Wars representation matters. And that was a great, important kind of movement that people on Twitter and the Star Wars community got behind to show how important it is to represent all people of different color, backgrounds, ethnicity, sexual orientation in the amazing galaxy that is Star Wars. We'll talk about Star Wars a little bit later, but right. I just want to throw that out there because this is exactly what mm-hmm. we're yes. talking about with this Black Panther. No, and this is one of the reasons why I get angry at the X-Men movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> some of their more central figures are of are, are of color. And even for the new Mutants movie coming out, they don't even have the leader. The original leader was a Korean American, a Korean lady. And where? And what was that again? For New Mutants. Oh, the new original mutants, leader, new mutants. Okay. Karma. If I'm not mistaken, she was Korean or Vietnamese. Okay. Nowhere near. Nowhere there at that all. That sucks. Let's just take this for what we have right now. And it, like I said, it looks cool. I like the fact that they're putting detail into when we saw Thor, the first Thor, yeah. and they took us to Asgard. It was Beautiful. Ridiculous. Beautiful. Beautiful. And they're doing the same thing here yeah. with Wakanda. It looks very cool. Mm-hmm. And you're just going, it's going to be eye-opening. So it's, yeah, the, it's all cool for me. And here's the difference. The CGI looks great. Yes. Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Crisp. Does not look great in JLA, Mm-mm. which we'll talk about again in a second. And then the other thing, too, is, is we get Claw. So I like how Marvel, Disney Marvel, is taking these plot threads or at least developing characters and pushing them forward. So, yes, he lost his hand, his arm in Age of Ultron. Now he gets his sound, his vibranium mm-hmm. sound multi-use arm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and yep. I love seeing, like you said, Boo, Andy Serkis without being a CGI mm-hmm. because he's a great actor. He is, yeah. He's a fantastic actor and he deserves to have his actual face on screen <laughs> as well. Kudos to Marvel for doing that. Yeah. And, and, and they were one of the first ones to say, yeah, we want your face <laughs> in here. So that's cool. And you guys think... You know, you said that you're really excited about these second tier and middle range superheroes stepping up. I don't think they have a choice because me and Boo are talking about phase four is done. In the idea that we think. In the idea that we think. Yeah. So they're going to have to go to the well and get these second tier and oh, prop, yeah. Yeah. prop them up because oh, yes. we're not going to see Hemsworth and Downey well, they're Jr. Only gonna get and older, Evans. Yeah. They're only going to get older mm-hmm. and they're going to have them probably come in time to time. They have to start propping these guys up. The Doctor Stranges, mm-hmm. the Black Panthers. Yeah. These guys. But but what I'm and, and you're right, but what I'm liking is the fact that they're able to take these actually make something of it because nobody buys their books. Nobody's reading those yeah. books. Even Iron Man is a second tier uh Marvel character. He's not a flagship. He was never meant to be a flagship character. Until the movie came until out. Until the mm-hmm. movie came out. And then with Downey's performance. So just the team, and I guess that's what I'm trying to do, is just giving credit to Disney Marvel for them to just say, okay, this is who we're going to take. This is what we're going to take. This is how we're going to make this work. Let's start looking at all all the things we have, all the properties we have. And you know what? We can make this Captain Marvel work. We can make Black Panther work. We should be able to do something here. We don't have the rights to this. We're okay with that. Let's go ahead and, and prop up this person. Netflix, you're going to take Luke Cage and Iron mm-hmm. Fist and Daredevil. And the Punisher and Jessica Jones, you're going to do your thing down there. Mar- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., great. Who knows? Maybe they're just hiding something where we're going to get like some epic, epic, epic crossover movie at the in 10 years where all of them come together. Because 
That's how it happens in the books. That's how it happens. Right. Yeah, it does happen like that in the books. You're right. My theory is that they're not going to kill off. Somebody asked me, it was Andrew again in, in the car on the way back from <laughs> Phoenix, asked me, do you think that they're going to kill off Iron Man? They're going to kill off Captain America. Do you think these guys are all going to be killed off sometime in the near future so these other guys can prop up? And I said, I don't think so because Marvel needs a security blanket. Mm-hmm. If Black Panther and uh, the Winter Soldier can't hold an Avengers film, by themselves, they're going to have to shoot these guys in time to time to help the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's too much money involved. No, no, no. They'll, so I don't think you're going to see that. anybody die. Maybe uh, Hawkeye. No. Maybe. Not even Hawkeye. Maybe. And I thought that was going to happen last one, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen, right? You're right. No, I don't what, know. Maybe what, not even Hawkeye. And we all know the obvious differences. Comic books, it's illustration. So they mm-hmm. can get older. They can be written out. They can be... Reborn. Rebooted, reborn, all that stuff. Humans get older. We age. It's a natural thing. Going forward is, is you start propping these characters up and then you start putting the other actors into mentorship roles, sprinkling them in, like you said. So yeah, just, this just backs up your point. They'll probably not. I mean, the only one I think they may end up killing off would be Captain America. Uh, only because of Winter Soldier, right? Only because of Bucky? Only because he of could take over? the aftermath of Civil War mm-hmm. in the books was he gets killed. So he gets assassinated. But um, yeah, a lot of what translates or what happens in the books probably won't be coming to the screen for a long time. But as long as they keep going to the well and, and just bringing up characters and boosting them up and making it happen, it's mm-hmm. all good. Right on. I can't wait. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, it does. All right. Let's talk about the other side of things, which is Aquaman. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about why the hell is Aquaman such a putz? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Coincidentally enough, there was an article that explains exactly why. It was on comicbookmovie.com again. And Aquaman, he's here's the deal. Jason Moma. Am I saying right? Moma? Momoa. 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 He. This is what he says about why he's not that regal and why he's not that sophisticated in this one. Hmm. This is what he had to say. Aquaman, he's not even really Aquaman yet. He's not the king of the seven seas. We don't really get there until my solo movie at the end. Really, it's a huge growth for me. It's a gigantic arc for Arthur Curry. It may be tough for a lot of fans to watch what they're going to see, how I portray him. But you got to wait until we get into the solo movie to really know because he's not a king yet. So this explains it to a T why he's such a putz. But here's the – we'll go back to the exact same problem. There should have been the solo movie first. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, and yes. So you're, you're, you're banking on people yeah. not to dislike your character because he's going to be good in the solo movie. Yeah. Like, we got lucky with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because JLA wasn't a good movie, so she was so great in it. And we we just grabbed onto her character and said, wow, she was awesome in it. And then the movie came out, and we're like, oh, okay, that's – it was fantastic. But Aquaman should have came out before fucking JLA came out. Yeah, this is risky. No, huge risk. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't like seeing – they're doing this with Cyborg as well. No, yeah, I don't like seeing the – so we got the Wonder Woman who was – been around for a long time in uh-huh. BBS. So she's like totally, you know, just a world-worn woman. She's mm-hmm. known. She's a warrior. She's like, I know the true nature of everything. She just knows how to move within the world. She's done it all. And then we get right. the movie after, and it's like deer in the headlights, just a brand new, you know, fresh-faced. Uh, and I mean, that actually worked. Mm-hmm. It did. 
it worked because of of her uh of like I just said that that whole thing of her being like fresh faced. He doesn't seem like that Mm-mm. in this. He seems like he's been hanging out, knocking down beers, and like chilling on you know just chilling on the surface, just cruising it. Like he's, I mean, if, well, I, well, uh, I hope, we'll I, see. I hope, yeah. I hope. Well, at least this. Okay, so this this might help it. At least this one is not going to have to go back to an origin story because the origin story is going to be ahead of us. It's going to be in front of us. Meaning at the end of JLA is when he realizes, hopefully they'll show this, he'll realize he's not just powerful with the ocean because he's just a superhero. There's a reason for it and he has a purpose in his life. Mm. And then we get to watch the movie. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's a lot of uh, – from what we've seen – to to what he's going to be that's a lot of character development with five other characters in your movie as well right next to you and no offense to aquaman those other characters are more important than him besides cyborg to be honest and and the entire time everybody's be waiting for superman so that's a lot of development in a uh, two and a half hour movie for him to change like i said risky um okay from what i understand then so he'll be arthur curry messing around on land doing this JLA thing. So then let's just safely assume that he gets the call. That that's what's supposed to happen. He's going to get the call. Well, mm-hmm. you mean Arthur Curry? Yes. Yo, meaning he's yeah, going to get the call like you need to return to your true roots, which is Atlantis. Well, I don't think he even goes to Atlantis. I think that's what the movie, his solo movie will be about. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think the, the, his the solo movie will be about, oh my God. I'm from here. Yes. And I'm going to go find out what I'm supposed to do. And then it mm-hmm. turns out you're becomes, supposed to be the king. Right. Yes. Exactly mm. right. So we're doing it the opposite way of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, all that shit happened in the past. Yeah. What we're going to see is it's going to be happening in the future with Aquaman. So he'll find his, find out his true lineage, who, who he truly is, and where, where his play, his rightful place is to be. Right. Huh. Yeah. Because the, that'd be good for a solo movie, but well, in J- in, but in JLA that might not. And I think that's what's that might not happen. Well, in JLA he's just this dude with powers, and he's a drunk, and he's, yeah. he's a good time. He's a little surfer party dude, I guess. But that's that's yeah. that's gonna be rough to watch, and for us to have to wait in order to see what is what sounds like, and eventually probably will be better. That's that. Yeah. Once again, risky. Well, it's once just again, like DC, John risky. Snow going to John Targaryen. Yes, kind of. Yeah, finding of. out who I'd, he truly is. I'd like is. to try to keep that parallel, but I didn't, sure. that's, that's, that's hard. Yeah, good luck. It was full circle. He was in Game of Thrones, so. Huh. Uh, Cal Drogo becomes Cal Aquaman. Drogo. <laughs> now, let's flip back to Marvel real quick. I just wanted to talk about Aquaman because we just said his name. Going back to Marvel, Thor comes out a couple weeks. Yes. Right? Can't wait. Ragnarok. Reviews are in. Mm. Yeah, so Up Rocks' his review of Thor. A unbelievably positive review for Ragnarok. So this is what Uproxx's, Uproxx.com's review says. Thor Ragnarok is by far the most unusual of Marvel movies. A crazy, colorful, ambitious, hilarious ride through the cosmos. Even surpassing the Guardians of Galaxy movies as the former holder of that title. And it's by far the funniest. It's not even a question that Thor Ragnarok is the best of the Thor movies and certainly up there as far as the best in the MCU. Wow. That's the first review. Here's another one. Here's another uh, review from Cinema Blend. It's worth noting the Thor Ragnarok may not be for everyone. There are no sacred cows in Watiti's movies. 
Both he is the director. Mm. And fans who prefer their superhero straight face and without meta commentary might chafe at its irreverence. But Thor's willingness to play with genre tropes is one of the most exciting things about Thor Ragnarok. Hmm. Yeah, this is uh, it's unbelievable. IGN. It's carried by the excellent chemistry between Thor, Hulk, and Valkyrie, who give humanity to visual effects heavy spectacle that finally makes good on Thor's title of God of Thunder. I've read nothing but positive, amazing reviews so far. And this is just great news for all of us. <laughs> all of us, all of us, all of us. No, I, I just, the days have been counting down and it's yes. time to go see the damn movie. Yeah. We've talked, we've done the trailers, we've done all the reviews. We've now we've, we've done our own, you know, our own uh, <laughs> speculations and it's here. It's time to get it on. Let's that's, get it that's on. What I'm saying. Thank God. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Michael Buffer needs to bring. That'd be awesome if he's there. That would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, can't wait. And I'm I'm trying to avoid visually seeing things. Spoilers. They're showing all kinds of different things. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm avoiding it. But there is a cool little backstory about Hulk's bed. Have you seen this thing? No. It is massive. Oh, it's yeah. massive, and it's like this. God, these like bones. Yes, that's cool. It's basically a, a temple. Yeah. Of so, of the bed. <laughs> yeah, it is unbelievable. the The big screen monster is living in the lap of luxury. Although stranded on a strange alien planet, he's a beloved champion in the gladiator arena. Lives in a beautiful, expansive suite and has his wants fully satisfied all day. Yes. Every day. Mm. He even has a pretty cool skull bed that he sleeps in every night. What you probably don't know about this particular piece of furniture, however, is that it is made from the head of the monster that Hulk killed to become the champion of Sakaar. That's awesome. Yeah. Ruffalo recently told Variety. We had to basically figure out what happened and how he got there. He was captured like Thor. That's how he knows Valkyrie. And she becomes his coach along the way. He becomes the champion. They love him. He ends up beating the beast and the bed was made out of that. That's the previous champion. He tore him in half and made him the headboard. Huh. That's great. Very cool. Really cool backstory. I love that, that they go into detail like that. And I love that that he is like loved and he's a gladiator champion is this the same story as planet hulk no no does he, he in any other books is he like a gladiator champion he ends up in the he ends up being thrown into the gladiator pits mm-hmm. he gets he gets thrown in the gladiator pits but he it's not loved he's becomes a prophecy yeah he he represents a prophecy okay so it's more like he becomes a religious and polarizing oh, icon. Okay. And for that planet, they're thinking of him as the Sakar son, mm-hmm. the one who brings back. All right. So they're going a little different things. route on his this one. His blood brings life. Yes. His actual blood. Yes. Uh, if when he bleeds, stuff grows like uh, like a tree will oh, pop shit. up. Yeah. But with, from what I think they're taking this is actually from the movie Gladiator. Where, or no, 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 what I'm saying, uh, was the, the comic book is more like the movie Gladiator where he uses his power and his likeness in the arena to change things. To and turn the to audience, turn, to turn, turn yeah, to turn the government and stuff like that and help the people of Sakar. That's what the comic is. What this one is, he never actually becomes champion. He, he, he gets big enough and, and uh, popular enough where he's able to save the planet. So it looks like in the movie that they're going to go a much lighthearted way. Where he is just going to be a champion and enjoy what he's doing. Yes, yeah. and treat it like a like a true champion. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, be be a winner. He's yeah, a big right. green pimp. Yeah, yeah because in, uh, <laughs> in in World War Hulk or Planet Hulk, Planet Hulk, yeah, he basically leads a revolution. Yep, he shows up 
all of a sudden he becomes this icon and it becomes he's the prophet he's the prophecy we need him we mm-hmm. need to you know build him up we need to rally around him and then he goes on to defeat the red king red king yeah, yeah. with his warbound and all that yeah and then yeah the warbound is like his the, the losers his so posse you, both of you guys are massive hulk fans and so you don't have any problems with them bending the storyline for this no because it's, no. it's, it's a blend it's a blend of planet hulk the thor ragnarok so yeah yeah you can you can take whatever you need from either one and this is the only way this could have possibly happened for marvel because they don't own the rights to hulk movie yeah so for him to be mixed into the thor that's the only way exactly yeah, yeah that's that's why it's thor ragnarok and Hulk is just tossed in there because if you were to put Hulk there, Universal would throw a bitch fit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um, the only reason, the only thing I, I don't have any problems with it because it gives me what I've always liked and what I've always fought for whenever we argue is the Hulk that can speak, mm-hmm. the intelligent Hulk, or at least the Hulk that is in full control, mm-hmm. where Banner has just enough control to be able to speak. And all that. And when they get to the point where, I mean, it can only go next to the gray one. Mm -hmm. When they get to the gray Hulk, that's a different story. That's where he becomes just a a badass because he's got the intelligence of Banner. I saw Jimmy Kimmel. I'm sorry. I saw Chris Hemsworth on Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel got to see the film. Mm -hmm. And he said that this, yeah. And he said that this version of the Hulk is nothing like anybody seen in film, Mm -hmm. television, or on any of the comics. Hmm. So the, the way he communicates, I think is completely different. I think he's going to be what I've always wanted the Hulk to be. is just a normal dude, dude, but he's, but he's gigantic, massive yeah. and, and yeah. don't dumb him down. Uh-huh. And and if that's the case, that's going to be awesome yeah. for me. I always said like, I'm not into the Hulk because it seems like they dumb him down. He's all powerful. He's right. amazing. But now um, it looks like they're going to like bring it all together. Well, and then I think this, uh, portrayal is actually the ultimate hulk Mm -hmm. with the beads and he's like all yoga master like a zen master Mm -hmm. but he's still in his full form and that's the and i mention it all the time but that's the the most savage hulk because that's the one who rips wolverine in half Mm -hmm. yeah that's when he like they stand there and they talk and they start getting all philosophical and then they (laughs) just go let's do it Mm -hmm. and they start fighting and next thing you know I'm going to tear you apart and throw half of you across the I U.S. I've seen the animated version of that in their outside, like in the wilderness when that yeah. goes down. Uh, yeah. It's I, almost always in the wilderness, yeah. but the... I think you showed me this a long but, time ago. Well, no, that's just one of them. That's Hulk versus, which is a very, very good animated DVD. A big monster running around anywhere, have you? No! Stay back! Stay away from me! Stay back! <laughs> Relax, crybaby. I ain't gonna. You smell toxic. Who are you? Please, I'm begging you. Leave me alone. For your own sake. Please, go. You're in terrible danger. Here's the deal, Misty. There's a third claw that's gonna come out if you don't start talking. Oh, hell. I don't suppose you got any interest in talking this out. Ultimate Hulk versus Ultimate Wolverine is a slugfest. If any of you are looking for, and I think it's in Ultimate Hulk, 
Mm-hmm. If you go to the comic store, look for Ultimate Hulk. They'll and just tell him I want where Wolverine and him fight, and he tears, and they'll, the comic store guy will find it for you. Okay, and that's what great read. Okay, it's cool. just yeah, the dialogue is great. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. They've always hated each other, <laughs> and yeah, it's just amazing. All right, great. Can't wait for it. And yeah. that, oh, man. like I said, a couple of weeks for that one, right? Yep. And then JLA, going back to it real quick, that comes out on the seventeenth. The seventeenth. The same. The day. same day as Punisher. All the things that I'd done. Memories. They never hurt me. The past. It's more than memories. It's the devil you sold your soul to. He's coming. He's coming to collect. So yes, don't go to work that day, everybody. Yeah, really. Yeah, you're a little busy. You're a little busy. Take a personal day and binge Punisher, and then go see JLA oh, that night. That'll be you, a wonderful day too. <laughs> That'd be great. And you know, Marvel did that on purpose. Yep, you know it. Mm-hmm. I'm actually shooting to do that. <laughs> shooting. Like the Punisher. Oh. Yeah. Mm. That was a good mm. one. Buddy. Thank you. I don't Zing. Know if we Zing. Doing that. <laughs> Damn it. Did you guys see that there was a... I'm just going all over the place, but did you guys see that there was a Predator uh, motion poster that's coming out for the sequel? No. And they're doing a sequel for Predator, and there was like a motion poster that came out. No, wait. Out, so where is this? When is this Predator supposed to be? I don't know. Place? I don't know anything about this Because they're we don't everywhere. Know they could have done right with the Alien versus Predator, but mm-hmm. they didn't do right with no. that. Predators was actually, it was actually good. Great yeah. concept. I just don't know about Adrian Brody shirtless standing there like he's all tough and like, ah, he did all right. I never saw right. that one. It's, a, it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good in the, the characters in it and how they're all there. The, yeah. the, the, the concept and the story is actually really cool. And it just being its own separate thing was a really good idea. Yes. There's, there's a couple <laughs> tie-ins, but it being its only separate thing is, is, was a great idea. It's actually pretty good. So this one, those ones are all going to be kind of in a different world, okay. in a different universe. So, so this, this is going to be a direct sequel to Danny Glover, no, to God. Danny Glover, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hope just just yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Danny Glover. No, well, no, man, no the I, Danny Glover one was actually good. I don't even know if Arnold Predator Two was good, man. But I don't, I don't think Arnold's going to be in this one. No, but when you put them next to each other, yes, we un- you have to understand that. But you have to understand that there is the. Oh no! It was forest good. jungle, and yeah. then there's the concrete, concrete jungle, oh. and there's a bunch of no names. It's all good. Uh, I just didn't like. You're right. Danny Glover just doesn't scream out. Someone who could handle a predator. No, absolutely not. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a bunch of no names in this one, except for there's a Edward James Olmos is in it, hmm. and what's his name? The guy that gets tortured from Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, you're on Greyjoy. Al- yeah, oh. you're on Greyjoy. Alfie Allen, I think is his name. Uh, Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. Theon Greyjoy. Sorry, all our Game of Thrones people. Yeah, my it's bad. Theon it hasn't, been, it hasn't been on, so you know, give me a break, please. There's a little predator talk out of the blue. Huh. Our next the voicemail is from Jake. Mm. So let's see what Jake has to say. Hey, Sith List, what's going on? This is Jake Whitehurst. I just wanted to say that you guys truly have a great podcast. It's very entertaining, and it has helped me get through some really tough times. Well, let me tell you a little story. 
When I was 16, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I battled that for a while, and I was on prescription medication for the next 10 years. As we know, that can get very addictive. There comes a point where they just do not work anymore. You grow a tolerance to it very easily. So, of course, the doctor had to raise the medication. And um, anyway, I was on the medicine for a while. And there came a point in my life that I'm like, all right, I need to make a decision. Either I could figure out how to deal with this anxiety the natural way, or I could just keep taking the medic and taking medication and become a slave to to this stuff. And uh so I I made the decision to quit the medication. So of course I went through withdrawal and those were really dark times for me and it was really hard to uh not give in to these medications that were prescribed to me. And uh one thing that helped me with that anxiety and that withdrawal was this podcast. Along with, you know, my other favorite podcasts such as Rogue One, Blue Harvest, um, Bad Motivators, et cetera, et cetera. But now I am fully recovered and I feel great, man. It's the best decision I've ever made. And, uh, just want y'all to know, man, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. This, to me, this podcast is more than entertainment. It's kind of a, kind of my happy place. My my medication in a way, but uh, I appreciate it, guys, and keep up the great podcasting. Jake, wow, I think that might be the first voicemail that I actually got teary eyed a little mm-hmm. bit on that one. And you know, after I lit, we all listened to your voicemail. I brought Lorena over here just so I can ask her a few questions about generalized anxiety disorder. She's a therapist, and she deals with these exact things all the time, and. We know that this is a tough, tough situation that you're in, and we're so happy that you seem to be controlling it, mm-hmm. and we are so honored that you think that we have a part in controlling this yes. thing. To be honest with you, when we first did this thing, dude, obviously, we're not making money doing this, obviously, this podcast. We do it because we love to do it. Mm-hmm. We love that we have made so many amazing friends. We love that people listen to our podcast and send us messages and we get to talk to you about it. And this is just like the coolest thing in the world to us. So for you to send us a voicemail like that, that just means the world to us. I mean, you paid us thousands and thousands of dollars, it seems like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you, mm-hmm. when you hear something yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah. we hit a lottery right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, my chest is pumped up, pumped up right now. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll <laughs> feel really good to hear that. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were just working out a little bit. You said you did 20... 20- did a bunch of reps, twenty reps is uh, like an idiot, yeah. but still, it, at this point though, just give it a Jake for give sure. Jake. Yeah, it's all about you, man, and it's all about about everybody that listens mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, Roger. No, no, yeah. you're not cutting me off. It's no, a no. genuine thing, like to know that there's more to have all these things mm-hmm. opened up to us. I know sometimes we get deep on here, but to know that a person with regular problems let you know has us to help them out is a big deal, man. It's oh, it's, it's a it's, really really cool thing. It's amazing. And, you know, just to be able to expand our, our circle to mm-hmm. more people in, within the communities and to be part of all these things and to interact with people. I know as far as I go, I don't say much to a lot of people out there on Twitter and say what's up, but I do appreciate and I appreciate being a part of this. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate the fact that we're a part of someone's life like that. 
and, and it crazy takes it to, to that me. extreme. And we'll keep on doing this if this is what helps mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. No, it, it is, it is truly an honor to be part of somebody's happy place because that is, that is extremely important to everyone. You know, I have mine. Everybody has theirs. So if, if we can be a, you know, a small, you know, tiny smidgen of that, that's, that's truly great. And every single, you know, voicemail, email, question, whatever we get really does, does touch our hearts. You know, you know, if we, we might joke around, but every time we hear somebody say, you have a great podcast or keep up the good work or anything like that, it really, really does touch, you know, us. And, and, um, yeah, you know, if in, in any way that we can help, you know, we're, we're here, you know, you know, if, if you have any questions or stuff like that, shoot them out. So, yeah. And actually anybody that has problems like this and it's so rampant everywhere, mm-hmm. Lorraine actually came in and when she listened to it, she said, well, why don't you just have him send me a message or DM if he ever needs any, if he has any questions or if he just wants to bounce some ideas off to maybe try to try to control this thing mm-hmm. and, and tell him to DM, DM me. So if you want to DM Lorena, her Twitter handle is at Lolena Bobena. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, uh, it's very original. It's at L-O-L-E-N-A-B-O-B-E-N-A. Lolena, mm-hmm. Belena, or whatever it is. You'll, you'll find her on mine. You'll find her on <laughs> Booze and Lesses. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anytime you want to talk or any kind of questions or anything about, you know, this situation, she's had many clients, um, have the same situation as you have and keep fighting the good fight. Yes. Good for you. Thank you so much for that. And then, and, and fuck you for uh, making me teary eyed. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm bastard. actually one of Lorena's clients. You bastard. <laughs> Pro bono work. Yeah. She, yeah. She did. Yeah. And I have to run all the time. Yeah, every time <laughs> corners. Every me. time we go out, it seems like Les is talking to Lorena for about an hour and a half. Oh, and then so she funny. asked me, I've known Les for almost 20 years. And then she asked me things. Well, you know, Les, you know, talked about this. And I'm like, what the fuck? I've known Les for 20 years. And I didn't even know about any of this stuff. Places cards close to the chest, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. It's but, uh, yeah, <laughs> but thank you very, very much, my man. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. Truly. Yeah, touched. I don't know how we're going to follow this up, man. Yeah, this man. The show. Very sentimental part right See you now. next yeah. week on episode. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. What do we talk about after this? Exactly. Goddamn. You know what we talk about? Mm. We'll talk about fucking Star Wars. Oh, there we go. That's a perk us up real fast. Yes. Uh, let's talk a little Star Wars. Let's talk about Mark Hamill speaking to Joe.ie. And I think it's a website called that's in Ireland. Mm. And he talked about how when he was on set for The Last Jedi, he had the same feeling and got the same chills as he did when he was on New Hope. Oh. This is what he had to say. I remember I had this feeling that rushed over me when I was on top of Skellig Michael. Because the first thing that we did on the original Star Wars before Carrie came over or Harrison came over, I went with Sir Alec Guinness and Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker and we went and we did the desert scenes in Tunisia where we're out of the salt flats which was 360 degrees of horizon because it was built over nothing because nothing grows there because there's salt water underneath and in between shots if I turned away and I had the crew to my back you could look out and it's unearthly terrain and the robots by your side and the floating car and the stand you're in this outfit it was very easy to be transported and really feel like you were in a galaxy far, far away. It was just, you know, I got the chills. <laughs> wow. And he said, that was with New Hope. Mm-hmm. So then he continues and says, and I never had that feeling again until, not an empire. He said, we went to Norway and it was brutally cold, but snow is snow. I've seen it before. <laughs> in Jedi, we went to the Redwood Forest in Northern California. And again, gorgeous. But again, it was something that I was familiar with me. 
Skellig, you're on top, at the very top, and I didn't expect this to happen, but I was sort of off to myself, and it was just at sunset, and there was this craggy rock coming up, and I had the same feeling, oh my gosh, this is like being in another world. So those scenes, when you see Mark Hamill, chills, Mm -hmm. goosebumps, and he hadn't had that since New Hope. Very, very cool. Yeah. And guys, it's coming up. And this this gives credence to movies and studios going to real places shooting on location yes. this yes. this this right. adds something different people are like oh that looks cool but for the actors you might get a better performance because they feel oh. something more than just being in a giant studio or on a green screen or or something like that you know actually being somewhere they feel different than they would be in you know the massive studio so that's that's really cool that he says that it does it does give him a, a a different sense, which is awesome. Oh yeah, and that was the biggest mistake I think George Lucas made with the prequels is they didn't do that a lot. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of scenes that were on location. On location, I don't mind the CGI. No, but they didn't have a mixture of CGI and on location. And I understand why George did that. Not that I should be calling him George because I don't know him personally, but <laughs> Mr. <laughs> the God, the Man, the Myth, the Legend himself, George Lucas, <laughs> Mr. Lucas. I, he was so fascinated, I think, with the CGI. He went nuts. He went nuts. But that did revolutionize film from there on out. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking shit on the prequels. I like the prequels. Let's just leave it at that. But <laughs> I love the fact that now you see – like 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 we're getting these live-action animated Disney movies. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting the Jungle Book. You're in the jungle, but you have CGI included. Yeah. that That's what has helped this genre of movies mm-hmm. going forward now. It's not doesn't look like an animated cartoon. No. So very, very cool. Cannot wait. It's coming up soon, guys. Get your tickets. Han Solo. Big announcement. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's called Solo. People are bitching about it. Womp womp womp. But I, I I people have been coming up to me at work. So why do they call it solo? It's not original. And I and I my answer to this question is always, well what the, what the fuck would you want it called? Red Cup. That was the fake name for I, it. I would, I would have preferred that. Yeah, really? Right. Yeah. No, we no can't call it way. Red Nobody's Cup. going to the theaters to see Red no, Cup. No, not only that. <laughs> no, let's, let's go Red Cup it up tonight, dude. <laughs> He's joking. I'm going to see Red I Cup know. for the seventh time, man. I'm going. Man, everybody, IMAX. Everybody shows up with a Red Cup. Yeah. <laughs> no way, man. No, but I mean, we're going to call it Han Solo. That's not, I mean, that's as, as original as Solo. Mm-hmm. You're going to call it Han? No. No. It's going to be about the uh, the guy that sharpened skates in, in the Mighty Ducks movies for. Oh, uh, that's was, right? was it Han? It was Hans, wasn't it? Hans, or Hans yeah, or, or be the bad guy in Die Hard. Hans Gruber, the bad guy in Die Hard. Oh yeah, Hans. That's right. So I mean, why, why wouldn't they call it a uh, smuggler? I was well, I was thinking smugglers <laughs> blues, like the old song, the Mighty yeah, Bison. something like that, like Nerf herder. smuggler, Nerf herder, Nerf herder would have been funny. <laughs> but you know, Carillion what? pimp. Why not? <laughs> it's been getting so much. Just all this press and everything. Just, just throw a name on it. Solo's great. Solo's fine. Just it's solo. Get it's ready. About solo, right? We told you it's coming out. Here it is, dude. Yes. So mm-hmm. leave it at that, people. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. So that is your Star Wars news. Not much after that. Um, we're just counting down the days where we're going to be able to see Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I think Les. the single player campaign. Oh for yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get to do this because I've been gone. Came out. Yeah, you guys play this. I've heard the beta is out. I have not been able to play it, but so so Battlefront Two single player campaign beta came out. People started playing it, and I've heard amazing things. Mm. You haven't heard anything, Boo? I I haven't touched it yet. No, I have heard amazing things. 
I just think it's time for the community to truly come together, everybody, and get Battlefront, and let's all start clanning up. <laughs> and get ready to start, you know, playing this game together. And you know, annoy you know, each other for real. By the way, <laughs> Visceral, who is a company that was an EA offshoot that was making the Star Wars game that also made Uncharted, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. They they got rid of Visceral. Visceral is gone. Hmm. So they're trying to figure out exactly what to do with the Star Wars game. And that, I got to see, I'm not going to say how, but I got to see some cool stuff uh, pertaining to that. Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. Hmm. It looks unbelievable. The storyline could be a movie. That's okay. how good it looks. All right. And that's all how right. good it sounds. So I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they keep those elements and those mm-hmm. ideas. That would be unbelievable. So uh, there you go. Thank you for reminding me, Les, about that. I appreciate it. I would have totally f- forgot. I would have blown by my head. Can't wait for that. Okay. Now let's get into some nitty gritty and talk. Finally, finally talk some Walking Dead. Yay. Listen, all of you have a chance to survive. But those who use and take and kill, we end them. This journey will not end in retreat. The future is ours. The world is ours. This is the only way. Now, if you are a new fan of The Walking Dead and you're just starting to watch The Walking Dead, I would not listen to this episode because... <laughs> Uh, not not the episode, this part of the episode. You can forward it about 10 minutes. Maybe about 10, longer. 10, 15 yeah. minutes, maybe longer. <laughs> um, we are going to break down the season premiere of episode one of season eight. eight. Which is episode 100. Which is episode 100, big 100 for The Walking Dead. So congratulations, Walking Dead. Yes. And we, so we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So in five, four, three, two, one, Negan Rick, adopt a baby. That's the whole episode. Yeah, they band together to raise Judith and adopt another baby. And it's very nice. And it's called a sitcom now. Two men and a baby. Yes. Okay, we have a special guest today to break down The Walking Dead with us and to jibber-jabber with us a little bit. None other than the one and only Lorena Arguello Dolachahi. Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. Welcome to The Sith List. Thank you. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. We're glad you're back. This is like a Minutes with the Misses, but the Walking Dead version. <laughs> so you. let's break it down. Boo, mm. we'll go with you first. What did you think of episode one? It was good. It was uh, actually it was very good. I'm, I'm just glad it's back. And I'm, I do enjoy what they did of just having it go balls to the wall straight from the start. Well, not straight from the start, but but in the first episode, you get war is here, and this is the way this is the way it's going to be for the entire season. That's what it looks like, which is a, a very good plan because you know they've they've plugged and they've pushed and they said it's war, 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 war. Yeah, they weren't kidding. This is this is what it's going to be all season. Hopefully, was it nobody nobody major died, but there's major pieces moved forward, which was good. But overall, yeah, it was it was a good episode. It, it really was. Good. It really was. I'll get into mine in a second. Lorena, what did you think about this? Crazy episode one. I really liked it too, and I'm happy to have it back. Um, it's hard to kind of fill up those Sunday evenings, and mm-hmm. so it's nice. But I was telling Araj that I'm glad that they kind of did balls to the wall begin beginning of the episode because I feel like they they had a little bit of a drop off with some listeners. Maybe last season I was a little just not as exciting with Rick being so 
down in the dumps. And so now that he's back and they're going to war, I think they're going to be able to regain some of those listeners. So that was really good to see too. The viewers, you mean? Yes. Sithless listeners and viewers. (laughs) Nice, uh, nice, nice one there. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, uh, what do you call it? Save. Thank you. <laughs> I need a save for my save. <laughs> Les, what'd you think? I really liked it. Obviously, you're getting like a full, everybody here is giving Re- it a sip. Really liking it. Yeah. Definitely went straight for the meat. They went straight to Negan's doorstep and just said, look, we're here. We're not going to wait. We're not going to, you know, let you make any moves. We're making the first move. Really, really liked that aggressive stroke. But it wasn't so much to take Negan down. It was just to get things going mm-hmm. and get things started. And their strategy was really good. What they did was really cool. I did like seeing Carl turn somewhat of a new page, turn over a new leaf, because normally he would shoot people. <laughs> so the per- he had a little confrontation, and he didn't want to shoot the guy. So that was a pretty good thing, because in the books, he's a stone-cold murderer. He's just yeah, he's a little straight badass. out kills no regards whatsoever. Um, other than that, it was slightly confusing. Just a little. It took Very us all confusing. over we'll the place. We'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was still pretty solid. And yes, I agree with Lorena. The approach they took will definitely get the viewers back. It'll definitely be a trending topic for the next couple of days. Yeah, and I think that, you're, Lorena, you're absolutely right. I think the reason they went for this this to me was a season finale episode, so much so that other than somebody dying, nobody died. Mm-hmm. But this to me it was a season finale episode because I thought it was fake throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I was I was thinking there's no way they're gonna pack all this into one first episode. What are they What are they gonna talk about and show us for the rest of the season? <laughs> so to me, I was like, this has got to be. He's got to wake up from a dream, or this can't be right. Or Negan, I always thought that Negan had something up his sleeve. And it doesn't look like he did. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared at all. So, very good episode. No one really died. I'm stupid Gabriel pull a stupid move. That was kind of shitty. Um, I'm trying to think. And then the confusing parts. Let's talk about the confusing parts. So, what the hell are we watching? Are we watching <laughs> the future? Are we watching a dream? The present? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. What? What? And the what's up with his on? flat top haircut? Hey, that's he's like morphed into uh, Cable Abraham. <laughs> Cable and him, yeah, he looked like Abraham a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> call him Cabraham. Uh, so, what do you think, Les? What do you think is happening there? Hey, anything. <laughs> that was the problem. It could have been anything. I think the parts where we saw Rick sweating and crying. I think Gabriel or Morgan has died. I think it's mm. over. I think someone as significant has been buried, and he's standing there either in the aftermath of them dying on the spot or after burying them. Oh, I think you just hit me. I think you're right. It could be one. Uh, it could be someone, not man. the two. I does, he, what, what does he say? But he also seemed a little like happy in the, no, he was crying. No, in the his scenes. Eyes, if you notice his eyes totally were red. Distressed. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. It, to me, it seemed like it was after war. And he was kind of sitting back and reflecting and, you know, a lot of bad shit has happened, but just kind of reflecting on all of it. And it's done. That's what it seemed like well, that, to me. That, like the that, light was shining in. If you notice throughout the entire episode, the too. light was very predominant. That There was a sunset. There was yeah. a glare mm-hmm. in every scene almost. Mm-hmm. 
There's some lens flare there too. That was JJ Abrams. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it could go that. I mean, it could be that, or it could be him just reacting to someone going down. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just thinking Morgan right now. For some reason, when you said that, oh man, it made me think of Morgan. And he said something at the end. I don't know if it was a Bible verse or he said something. I'm pretty sure it was a Bible verse. It was a verse from the Quran. It was. Yeah. What he said? Yes. Oh. That's interesting. And that guy in the beginning was also quoting the Quran, the one that was talking to Carl. That's that really little, interesting. The car area. Okay, mm. so it all ties into the Quran. Mm. That's very, very interesting. I didn't know that. But yeah, very confusing. I think that part, but then you get the dream, the, the him waking up as an older man. And you know what? I don't even know if he's an old man. It's just maybe him being battle weary well, and just beat down with his beard and his He's not that old because the, the, yeah. the child. Yeah, it looks like it was only two to three years in the future. Right. The child is only two or three years old unless there's a new child. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. No, because yeah. a new child would be a mixed child. And that's another thing. It was good to see uh, it's the showing the growth that Judith is growing. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so cute. She, you know, she's surviving. more like Lori, I think, too, with like this long hair. Mm-hmm. That's Shane's baby. Yeah, but either way, Lori's the mom. That's true. Mm-hmm. Lori is the mom. But overall, great episode. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. Talk about misdirection. There were misdirections throughout the entire thing. Daryl, badass. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dwight, helping out. Mm-hmm. Eugene, bitch. <laughs> Rosita, couldn't do anything because she was pregnant in real life, and they pretty much had her just rocking in a rocking chair. Still look pissed off. Still looking hot, though. Calm yourself, boo. Not so much. The mm. other one, what's her name that I don't like? Oh, Enid. What, the red vine sticking out of her mouth? Yeah. Tara. 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 Don't like her. Still don't like her. Well, I just feel bad that they continue to make her look like this silly person with like the orange sunglasses and the red vine sticking out of her mouth and well, and doing these like stupid little one liners. Yeah, the one liners. Like she have has to more stop. potential than that, and they just they put her in that category. Everybody else is extremely serious. Somebody has to be. You yeah, know, but it doesn't work. It doesn't land. The the what's his name? The 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 jester. The jester for Ezekiel. Is the the one that does the jokes and the uh, yeah, but the she guy with has the to be the uh, she's got to be the what is it? She's got to be like the the cynical kind of. I yeah, mean, no, I get what they're trying to do yeah, to her. There, were, there was a season where I was like turning, like I was like, okay, she's pretty cool, and then they had that episode mm. where she just sucked. Her. It was yeah. just her, <laughs> awful, just awful, <laughs> just awful. So hopefully she dies this season. Oh yeah, yeah damn, it's not real life, guys. I know it is, but. Well, and Gabriel, yeah. I feel like he's probably not going to make it you know, since he ended up in that well, the only, with Negan. He well, got the, captured. Yeah, he's those, captured. Yeah. The only thing that I think Gabriel will make it is because it obviously looks like he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So they tend to do that on The Walking Dead. Well, and what happened to him is that Gabriel became a soldier because he became just Gabriel. Now, Father Gabriel is the one that came out and tried to help that guy. And so he needs to stay Gabriel so he can be a soldier yeah. and not become Father Gabriel. Yeah, he needs to be the soldier of God, not Father Gabriel. That's right. And damn, preacher, he's got a preacher of God. Shit. Whatever works. For him. It's pretty deep. Yeah. So Sithless seal of approval, hundred mm-hmm. percent for sure. Yes, for everybody. And I also think that this why they showed us the beginning portion of this whole war is because it's multi-layered. They really spent time working on what this was going to look like. And so they were going to attack this first and they're going to do this. And so we have many episodes, I think, with different aspects of the war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very excited about this. Yeah. Very excited about it. Strategic. So. All right. I think we reviewed it pretty well. Mm-hmm. We loved it. Good episode. Only, only, only 
thing that I didn't like is in real life, you don't give that guy till fucking 10 mm-hmm. and give those guys decision. You shoot all of them. You well, he, kill all yeah, of them. Yeah, as soon as they walk out onto the platform, you light them up. For he went sure. to seven. Okay, he went to seven. He you don't three you don't, seconds pretty listen, much. Listen, you don't even count. Yeah. You just, you have an open shot. You see him, you shoot away. Yeah. You okay, here's, here's the it. deal. Here's the deal. They're shooting all kinds of guys with arrows and guns and sniping them all off. <laughs> they can't fucking hit them when they have a clear shot at him with an MP5. Of course no, not. But that's a part of the plan. You know how he keeps saying there's this whole theme in that first episode. It's not about me. It's not about me. So I think if they shoot Negan right away, they're giving away this whole plan. They have a whole plan. But see, Yeah, he, they're he working toward an game. Yes. See, see, but that's – yeah, he took the picture of the Polaroid. Which shows Negan, you know, uh, probably in the fetal position, hiding somewhere from from gunfire. So yeah, they're 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 trying to, yeah, yeah. There's got to be a elongated plan. So you think yes, that totally. it was intentional that he didn't kill him? No, you know, if 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 he would have killed him, it would have been a a major plus. But the fact that he's not dead is kind of all right in the in the grand scheme, I guess. Okay, it's about keeping with the plan, and so even when. Gabriel said, you know, we got to go, we got to go. You have to let go of the fact that you want to kill in that moment because it's away from the plan. Yeah, I get that part. That part I get. I don't get the part where you have an open shot at him for about five straight minutes and you're jibber-jabbering with him and talking to his lieutenants and you don't just snipe him off there. Well, I hope at the end of all this, it makes sense why that happened. Plus, he has to kill him with the axe. Ladies and gentlemen, Lorena Arguello de la Chari. All right, and I, I understand that if they kill him, there's no season. There's the, you can't do anything <laughs> about it. But just don't put that opportunity. In, don't put that opportunity in the script. Is what I'm just saying. Okay, maybe because it drives us nuts like that, and here we are talking about it. Yeah, guess so. Alrighty, there is your Walking Dead week number one, episode number one review of season eight. All right, guys, I think that might be it. Actually, I, I do want to say a few things. I guess that's not it. <laughs> so uh, thank you for allowing me to be here to talk about Walking Dead. But I also wanted to say that I'm really proud of you guys uh, from last episode. I think you guys answered that question really well, considering that you guys are all guys without kids. Not that I have any kids either. Last week when Richie called in and said oh, that he was... Oh, yes, yes. That's your good. He was talking about violence and so on in movies and how to address that with children. And I thought you guys did a really great job answering that to be kind of honest with kids and be there with them and talk to them about it. And so you monitor their consumption of media and so on, but you also provide explanations and answer their questions. And so things are monitored. So that sounds really great. And just open line of communication. I think that's really, really awesome. And so especially considering my brother's only 24 and can answer things so well, I'm just, I'm really proud of you guys. Yeah, he Um, did a really good job answering it. He really did. He did. Thank He's you. an Arguello, that's why. I think we were raised that way. So Whatever. Damn right. <laughs> we're, we're in the process of training you. Oh, you right. just like us How about Les? Les explained it. And there's, you know, I don't know what to say about Les. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, I also um, heard the voicemail that Jake left for you guys today. And you guys actually brought me in here and asked me a little bit about generalized anxiety disorder. And I explained to you guys a little bit about all of that. And um, And I just wanted to say that I'm also, once again, really proud that you guys are able and willing to talk about the tough topics. I don't think a lot of podcasts out there that focus on geekdom really focus on tough subjects. And so the fact that you guys do um, gives you guys a huge responsibility to handle it well and gracefully. And I think that you guys do. And that's why Jake and other people feel comfortable 
talking to you guys about personal aspects of themselves. So really, really proud of you guys and what you guys do here. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Your check is in the mail. (laughs) And it won't take that long since it's, we live together. (laughs) But no, thank you. That's all. That's really nice of you. I mean, just listening to that voicemail, I just, uh, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm still verklempt. <laughs> verklempt. Les is verklempt. <laughs> We're all verklempt. Really appreciate it. And thank you for those nice words. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to say those things. Also, by the way, we're going to, we got, um, we're going to end the show, but I do want to say that we're going to have a great guest host next week from a great podcast. The podcast is called But Why Though? Mm. And one of their hosts, Kate, is coming on. And we're going to uh, break down what she does on that podcast and what the podcast is all about. If you haven't listened to it, you should. They break down things that you wouldn't imagine being broken down. So let's just say a great episode was they broke down how important the movie Scream is to the genre of horror films. Hmm. And when I first heard the what they were going to do, I was like, Scream, really? Uh, I don't know about Scream. And where that lies with the exorcist mm-hmm. or that lies with a- Animeville or, you know, Halloween. But they do such a great job dissecting the tropes of the film, what this film meant to every single film afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do a great job. So we can't wait till next week. So until then. Oh, by the way, we are going to – I can't end this fucking podcast. <laughs> no, we're not getting out of we're here. We're not leaving. Eh, we're not – we're not <laughs> – yeah. Because it's Halloween time, right? Halloween is coming up. Mm -hmm. It's coming closer and closer. When I was a kid, I was starting in fourth grade. There was a band called Oingo Boingo. And many of you have known who the lead singer of Oingo Boingo is for many, many years. Danny Elfman, who is an unbelievable composer of film. You might know him by the original Batman series. You might know him by The Simpsons. He did the theme. You might know him by anything that Tim Burns ever done, pretty much. <laughs> and I think he also did the Avengers, and I think he's doing JLA. I'm not uh. sure, but I believe so. He was in that band. He's a lead singer. Great band. My brother took me when I was a kid. And then every Halloween, I would go see Boingo. It was a tradition. Down here in Orange County, they would play. You would dress up, and you'd go see Boingo in, in an amphitheater that had about 17,000 people. It was just the best time in the world. Um, they broke up, I think, back in 2002 or something like that, or 2001. Wanted to play some Boingo at the end of this thing, get into the Halloween mood. That's mm. okay with you guys. Sounds great. Perfect. All right. So we will see you next week on episode 64 of The Sickness. <laughs>
short years. He's getting old and groggy. I don't think it's very fair, Coach. I know it's already too, my friend. No one lives in their life. Let's have a party. There's a full moon in the sky. Just like the weather.